Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side of Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, and for this week, Adam McGinnis cannot be with us this week. He's unfortunately battling some sickness, so hope he gets better. But we have another fellow Cubbies Crib writer on the show tonight, Brian Johnston. This is his first time on the show. We're really excited to have him. He's been working very hard with Cubby's Crib lately, getting up a lot of good articles. He's got a series going on about best Cubs of the decade, so be sure to check that out at Cubby's Crib. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the manager search. We're going to talk about the postseason. We're going to talk about uh, j- just the roster going forward. It's very early in the offseason, but it's never too early to talk about what's going to go on later in this offseason. So let's just get right into it. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, Brian, let's start off with just a little baseball in general. What we saw the other night in Los Angeles, I, we have to touch on this. Mm-hmm. This is That was a historic game, not only for the Washington Nationals, but for baseball. I think there's a, a lesson to be learned here. I don't know what you think, but... I think we got to sit here as Cubs fans and be really thankful, despite the disappointment the past several years, that our core has won a World Series. Because you look at this Dodger team, they are now facing, what what was it, their seventh or eighth straight division title with this core? Seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah. And no World Series won. I mean, how did you react to how that all came about, how that all happened? Well, I think um, I don't think we should ever be surprised by anything that happens in the postseason. It's um, it's you know, it's very random. It's you know, you have the best of five, best of seven, best of seven format. And, um, you know, it, it's just a matter of who gets hot at what particular time. And mm-hmm. uh, one game, one game can swing everything. One inning can swing everything. And uh, that's why I think we should, like you said, I think we should feel fortunate that uh, this team was able to at least one time survive. Uh, three rounds worth of playoffs. I know I'm really thankful for it. You know, everybody has been holding up the Dodgers as this uh, model franchise the past few years. They don't uh, spend a lot of money in free agency necessarily, but they uh, graduate a lot of quality players up to the major leagues, and uh, they have a well-respected manager in Dave Roberts, and um, they, for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to get it done in the postseason. Well, you look at the two years they won the pennant. Uh, they, when they beat the Cubs in the NLCS in 2017, let's face it, they were by far the best team in the NL that year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, by a landslide. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of amazing, in my opinion, when I think about it, that the Cubs did pull out a game. They easily could have been swept in that series. But, you mm-hmm. know, it, they still won in five. It's, it's almost a sweep. But mm-hmm. they ran into the only team in baseball that was better in the Astros. And then last year, it was kind of the same thing. They had to battle to the pennant a little more because the Brewers were so hot. But it didn't feel like anyone was beating that Red Sox team last year. So that was just a matter of running into the wrong team, kind of like the Atlanta Braves of the 90s. But this year, this year was completely different the way it ended for them. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, we can I, I don't necessarily have a problem with Dave Roberts uh, using Kershaw in that situation, but uh, the um, definitely using Joe Kelly for more than one inning, that's going to be dissected for a long time. And some people thought it would cost him his job. It turns out he is going to come back next year. Uh, Roberts right. is. But um, yeah, that was, uh, you know, the, the fact that 
Howie Kendrick hit that grand slam, and uh, he still had some of his biggest weapons in the bullpen uh, that he hadn't used it yet, including Kenley Jansen. Uh, yeah. That, that, oh, that's yeah. a tough one to swallow. Could you imagine if Joe Madden did that? If there was a game just like that and Joe Madden mismanaged it like that, could you imagine how Twitter would react, how the baseball world would react if that happened? Because I thought oh, yeah. it was mind blowing that Joe Kelly was still up there with the bases loaded, nobody out. And Howie Kendrick, who's a very, very respected hitter around baseball, and you still have Joe Kelly in there. It's almost like he he treated it almost like a game one or a game two. I mean, that was a winner take all right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, in, in that situation, you have to use your biggest weapons. And yep. for whatever reason, he didn't do it. Right. It's it's crazy to see the Washington Nationals a team that is known for just losing in the first round mm-hmm. to not only have a great comeback in the wild card game, but to have a great comeback in a game five, yeah. what they are known for losing and on the road too. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the national, like you said, they've been, uh, they've been a hard luck franchise. They've lost, uh, you know, in the first round several times, but you know, they came through this time. And uh, I, I think that, uh, we can look at at the Nationals this year, the fact that they didn't have Bryce Harper, that they lost him uh, to the Phillies. They mm-hmm. were able to, they felt like they had uh, what they needed to be able to contend again this year. The bullpen was iffy for for a good chunk of the season, but mm-hmm. uh, give them credit. You know, the fact that, you know, even without Bryce Harper, they they showed that you can still, you know, develop some new talent and, um, and, and still win it and win in the postseason. They proved that this year. You know, I said this on the show last week, and I kind of wanted to get your take on it. Personally, I think Juan Soto is going to end up being a better player than Bryce Harper. Um, I would not be surprised at that. Um, I've, I've I've always thought that Bryce Harper was a little overrated, to be honest. Sure. With you. I, I, um, I, I know he came into the big leagues with a lot of hype and everything. And, you know, he got that massive, what was it, 13-year contract from the Phillies. And, mm-hmm. um no, I, I think, you know, Juan Soto is, uh, you know, he's not some he's not somebody that a lot of people, I mean, people are talking about it, but maybe not as much as they should. I mean, he's doing some really historic things at a very young age. Yes, he is. And it's, he's only 20 years old. He's not even old enough to drink yet. And yeah. here he is hitting bombs off Clayton Kershaw late in a playoff game, a do or die playoff game. He already had a game winning hit in a do or die playoff game earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just building his resume at the age of 20. I mean, this kid really is something special. And I just, I feel like he has more to offer just talent wise than Bryce Harper. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen both of them play. And I, I think that Juan Soto is, is going to be a more well-rounded player moving forward. Mm-hmm. And you just look at the way the Nationals are built. Like it's a very balanced lineup. They're they're the team that will put the ball in play. I mean, you remember that Nationals Cubs series at Wrigley Field where they were just babbipping us to death because every single situation with a runner at third or a runner at second and all they needed was contact. They didn't strike out. They they put the ball in play and Absolutely. they were able to use speed on the bases. I I know small ball isn't really as big anymore because home runs and strikeouts are at all time rates, but it kind of goes to show that you can still use small ball to win. And there are situations where small ball is still a recipe for success. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you said, they, they definitely proved that in, in that series, but, uh, they, they also showed, uh, when they were playing the Dodgers that they could hit the ball out of the ballpark as well. So they, they, you're right. They do have a well-rounded lineup. 
So looking at this NLCS, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Cubs fans are probably rooting for the Nationals. Oh, I know. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So am I. So am I. Uh, You know, I really hope this Nationals team is a team of destiny. One, I want them to beat the Cardinals. Two, I'm rooting for Davey Martinez. I really am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, Joe Madden, protege. um, I I think it'd be great to see him win a World Series. I'd love to see that. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you know what's funny is we look at the Cubs' bullpen problems all year, and obviously they've been pretty well escalated because it has been a major problem. But it's funny because if you look at the playoff teams right now, you you only really say one of those teams has an absolute shutdown bullpen because the Nationals have been kind of up and down in their bullpen, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals' bullpen is better than I thought it would be, but I wouldn't consider it like a feared bullpen like people. I mean, look at Carlos Martinez. He's been pretty shaky in that closer position. The Yankees are the one team. I mean, they have a role as Chapman as their closer. That's, that's the one team to me that I think really has a shutdown bullpen. And like the Astros bullpen, I'm not saying it's bad, but if you get, I mean, you get seven innings out of their starters anyway, and they strike you out 14 times and you Mm -hmm. score 10 runs, you're not going to need a bullpen, but I mean, the Cubs are not the only contending team with bullpen issues is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, absolutely not. No, I, th- I think it's something, you know, you look at, um, you know, the Atlanta Braves had lots of bullpen struggles. They had to, oh, make, yeah. they had to make a few uh, moves uh, at the deadline order to Which patch it up. Which didn't necessarily work out. Right, yeah. It, I mean, you look at the Atlanta Braves just in general in that game five. Oh, man. Yeah, that was... That was that was uh, that was pretty rough to watch. You know, Fulton Evich, he had a great uh, great game earlier in the series, but uh, the Cardinals they just put together that nice uh, ten run rally, and it was pretty much over at that point. Unfortunately, I I really wanted Atlanta to win that series. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you know, I mean, it, it's going to be a pretty good matchup in these championship series. The Yankees and the Astros and the Cardinals and the Nationals. That's a pretty intriguing matchup and one I'm going to watch with interest. Yeah, um, I think everybody was everybody was kind of expecting Yankees Astros in the American League. That's kind of the one that everybody's been looking forward to. Um, yeah, the, the, the Cardinals and uh, Cardinals and Nationals is an interesting series as well. I, I think it's, uh, two pretty pretty evenly matched teams. We have the uh, the two heavy uh, two heavyweights, the Dodgers and the Braves, have been knocked out. So mm-hmm. um, I, I I think both series are going to be very evenly matched. Um, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean we'll uh, we'll definitely talk about that on this show as time goes on. But let's go back to focusing on the Cubs. This is mm-hmm. a Cubs show after all. Yeah. Um, right now. I'd say the biggest topic of conversation is the manager search. Oh, I'm absolutely. Sure you agree with that. Yeah. So they've interviewed Girardi. Mm-hmm. They've interviewed David Ross. They're interested in um, the guy from the Astros, Joe Espada, Joe I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And they've mentioned a few other names in passing in-house, like Will Venable. I mean, right now, who's who's your leading guy? Who do you think is your leading guy? Well, uh, I... I made I I wrote an article uh, for Cubby's Crib a little while back, uh, making the case for Joe Girardi. I just feel like I, I I don't if if I had to predict, I don't think he's going to get the job. I think David Ross is going to get the job, um, but I I made the case for Joe Girardi because I feel like he has um, you know he has the experience. Uh, he's t- he's taken rosters that. 
uh, didn't look so great on paper and and had them contending in the past. Um, I, I and with Girardi, the the point that I made in the article was that. You know, in, in this age where everybody's trying to find the new cutting edge guy, Joe Girardi is is more of a throwback. And if they really, uh, if if they really want to see change next year, if they really want to change a direct direction, then I think that Girardi has to be the guy. He he's the guy that would bring it. I just feel like I I, I don't I think David Ross would make a great manager, but I just don't feel like he's the right fit for this particular setting right now. I just feel like um, he's 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 I, I, I you know, some people don't have a problem with him being too close to some of the players. But um, I, I think that that would be an issue. Um, I, I'm, I'm not saying that he's not a guy that can get in people's faces when necessary, because I think he can. But I just I, I, I think, you, you know, a lot of people are, are talking about, well, you know, Aaron Boone didn't have any experience. And and that's true. But Aaron Boone was was more removed from that situation than David Ross was with this mm-hmm. one. So um, I, I yeah, I, I think. I, I, if it were me, I, I would, I mean, I'm, I'm pulling for Girardi, but I don't think he's going to get it. I do think that they're going to go with David Ross. Interesting thoughts. Uh, now, are you worried at all about a disc? Let's say that, um, going back to the Joe Girardi thing, mm-hmm. uh, have you ever had any concern about his relationship with the front office? Because I think for me and others, that would be my biggest worry is because there was kind of that disconnect with the front office and, the Yankees, but you know, would you argue that maybe that wouldn't be the case in Chicago because of the different personnel and just kind of the, I guess the culture, the style here? Um, I, I, I think it would be, I can see it being a little bit of an issue. Um, I, 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 I think that he would get a, I, I, I think he would bring a fresh perspective and a fresh voice to the, to the dugout. And I feel like, um, in terms of being able to get along with upper management, um, I, I think that I, I, he's not a yes man. He's somebody who will disagree right. and go against the grain when necessary. And I think that I'm, I'm getting the impression that they're looking for a guy that would be a little I, I don't want to use the term yes man because I don't want to make it sound too negative. But um, I, I feel like they are kind of looking for somebody that's on the same page as they are. Right. Um, and I think that I, I think Girardi has proven himself to be a guy that's not going to. Uh, that that's going to voice disagreement and uh, when he feels it's necessary. So um, because of that, I, I, that, that's why I think that Ross has to be the favorite for the job at this point. Yeah. And, and I can agree with that. Uh, and, and, you know, we talk about the term, yes, man. I, I, the one thing that I always talk about in terms of managers and front office relations is that there's a, di- you got to distinct the difference between a yes, man and on the same page type of guy I don't know mm-hmm. if there's really a term for that. And like a puppet. Mm-hmm. They're not looking for a puppet. They're not just looking for a blind yes man. They're looking at a guy that matches their philosophy. That's mm-hmm. there's a difference between that and being a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't I, I agree with you. And I I I, I do think that um, I don't I don't think David Ross would be a puppet. I think that he would. I, I'm not worried about his uh, ability to express disagreement when necessary. Neither um, am I. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not. Um, and I I do think, like I said, I do think that he's somebody that would get in the players' faces if necessary. I know he, he has done it in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think that Girardi would be a guy that would. I, I like I said, I I think that he would be the best candidate in terms of bringing about change in the dugout if you want a totally different direction. But I don't think that that's what the team is looking for. So that's why I don't think they're right. Gonna- 
Right. And, and I kind of agree with you there, too. Um, while we're talking about this, I ran a poll on Twitter earlier this afternoon asking the question to the fans on Twitter um, who they want to be the next manager. Mm-hmm. And I gave them four options. I gave them David Ross, Joe Espada, Joe Girardi, and other. And the other would be please reply and specify. Yeah. David Ross is the leading guy. There was 160 votes. Mm-hmm. 43% David Ross. 28% Joe Espada, 25% Joe Girardi, 4% other. And some of those others were like uh, a Will Venable or a Mark Loretta. And uh, I don't know about you. My opinion on Mark Loretta is he would just be a guy. He wouldn't be an excelling manager, and he wouldn't be a terrible one either. He would just be a guy right in the middle. That's kind of how I see him. Yeah, that's that's kind of my opinion too. I think he has some strengths. Um, just reading about him, re- reading about some of the some I read a few of his quotes um, the other day, and uh, I, I I agree with you that there there are some strengths that he would bring, but I don't see him as being that. Uh, I, I think that Joe Girardi would be a bold move. Um, I think that David Ross would be a bold move. I don't think Mark Loretta would be a bold move. I think he would be, um, like you said, kind of just a guy just to fill the seat in the dugout. It seems kind of like a, I guess, I don't know if I'd call it exactly a safe move, but I might mm. call it a safe move. Yeah, I, Mark, I can Mark see Loretta had experience. I'd call it more of a safe move, but it is still kind of a safe move. Oh, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. When you hire internally like that, especially mm-hmm. uh, with a guy who, I mean, let's face it, David Ross doesn't have experience in a dugout. Mark Loretta has experience in a dugout, maybe not as a manager, but when you're a coach for a good number of years, like Mark Loretta has been, you get a real sense of what happens in a dugout. And look, former players, they know what it's like to work with a manager, but when you're a coach, you kind of look at it from a whole pers- a whole new perspective. And Mark Loretta's kind of been able to get that perspective as a coach. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Um, what about, um, what about Carlos Beltran? He's another name that's come up. Do you have any thoughts on him? Yes. And that is, um, a name that has been also replied on that tweet. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very interesting dark horse candidate. I really do. I think that Carlos Beltran's baseball IQ was very, very underrated. And look at the Cubs last year. What did they lack in IQ? I mean, they're, Mm -hmm. Their base running was terrible. Mm-hmm. Their fielding was terrible. It was as bad as we've seen it in a while. They, I, I think that they need to bring in somebody who can make that better. And that's easier said than done. But Carlos Beltran could be a guy to do something like that, maybe as a manager or as a coach. Mm-hmm. But that is a very interesting name. Yeah, and it's another one that I've heard as well. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I can, what I can tell you is that, you know, you, you look back five years ago when the Cubs hired Joe Madden and, you know, the fact that they kind of shoved Rick Renneria aside, you know, everybody agreed, well, that's, that kind of stinks. That's kind of, that was kind of a, a, a mean thing to do. But, um, at the same time, everybody, the, the, the consensus among fans and among experts was Joe Madden is the right guy for the job. And I look at the situation now. And just looking around Facebook and Twitter and reading around the internet and all that, and base and and your poll that uh, that you mentioned uh, shows this too that fans are uh, very bitterly divided right now about who they want to manage. And I know that oh, yeah. uh, 
half half the fan base is not going to be happy with whoever they decide. Oh, of course not. Of course not. I mean, when Joe Madden was hired, I'd say 95% of the fan base was just, you know, in shock in a good way. Like, <laughs> holy crap, this is actually happening. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be much more divided. I definitely agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I, you know, I've, I've heard some people say, well, you know, if Girardi gets hired, then I'll stop being, I'll stop being a fan or whatever. And That's I, don't know, ridiculous. I don't know how many people are serious about that, but I, I, I know that, well, I know that Girardi is, is definitely a very divisive guy. Uh, Ross isn't quite as much. Um, I mean, people have opinions about, you know, whether he has the experience or whether, or whether he's too close to the players or whatever, but um, I'm just, I'm not, I, it, it's really sad. Um, I guess that's what, you know, we had a taste of winning for a few years and now we've had kind of a down year this year and, and fans are upset and rightfully so, but um, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about what's going to happen when they do name a manager. I'm, I'm worried that uh, half the fans are, are going to be really upset. It's not going to be pretty. You know, there, there's part of me, I don't know about you, but there's part of me that thinks that they're going to hire somebody we completely do not expect. Kind hmm. of like a, whoa, where'd he come from? Hmm. Um, I, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, I, I still think if, if I had to make a prediction, I would still say it's going to be Ross, but I, I, I would I not, I, I would not be surprised if, if a new name were to emerge. Uh, it sounds the, the impression that I got reading around the internet today was that they're casting a, a wider net. Um, they mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, they've, they've interviewed Ross, they've interviewed Girardi. Um, but it sounds like, and, and, and one, you know, we, we mentioned, uh, Joe Espada, you know what he's, I think he's the wild card in all this because it's, you know, they, they can't interview him uh, until the Astros are eliminated and they can't interview right. Beltran until the Yankees are eliminated. So um, mm-hmm. how how long are they going to be willing to wait that out uh, is, is a pretty big question in all this. Yeah, I think I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of Theo Epstein. I mean, the truth of the matter is there's no real rush need to jump on David Ross because mm-hmm. I think while if David Ross could potentially be a good fit for the Cubs, I don't think he's getting interviews up the wazoo. You know, I don't really think he is. Um, so, I, I haven't heard him as mentioned as a candidate for any other job this offseason. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there really isn't a need to rush. But if you really feel like you found the guy, but there's still that tiny part of you that wants the scope of the whole a batch, so to speak, you know, it's got to be kind of hard to anticipate because you still have four, four teams in the postseason right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that fans are willing to be patient because I know we, you know, we all want to find out who it is. You know, I know I'm anxious to, but I, th- this is, th- this might be Theo Epstein's biggest decision that he's had to make so far and he needs to get it right. So I, I mm-hmm. hope that he's willing to put the time and effort into it necessary. And I think he is. You know, it's crazy to think about this is really the first manager search that we've experienced as fans mm-hmm. really since they've hired Rick Renteria mm-hmm. ever since they fired Dale Swain. And that really wasn't even that big of a deal because the Cubs were still rebuilding and we knew going into 2014, they weren't going to be winning anything. Mm-hmm. So I just remember when the Cubs hired Renteria, I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. He was a bench coach. He's good with uh, youth and Latin players. Cool. That'll be good for the rebuild, but it wasn't like 
oh my god, you know, he's gonna be the guy that's gonna bring us the World Series. It's just gonna be like, all right, next uh, next manager in line. Because Joe Madden obviously came out of nowhere. It, they weren't actively searching. He just became available. Right. This is the first time we're experiencing this in a while. Yeah, and I I agree with you that uh, you know when when they when they hired well when they hired Dale Swaim it was at the very beginning of the rebuild and nobody thought oh this is going to be the guy that's going to do it and then they weren't happy with the progress that uh, that they had made in two years under him so they brought in Renteria and again it wasn't uh, nobody was really thinking you know Renteria is going to be the guy that's going to um, that's going to see this through so um, so yeah it's the, the the guy that they're bringing in is going to be expected to uh, to lead them into contention so that right. I, I think that makes this I think this makes this a little more pressure packed decision than they had than they've had to make in the past absolutely because kind of as you pointed out this is the first time Epstein is looking for a World Series winning manager so to speak not one that's necessarily won a World Series but one that they're trying to win a World Series with. Absolutely. We knew, da- we knew Dale Swain was just a placeholder. We knew that Rick Renteria was just going to be a coach in the next step of the rebuild. But this is the first time we're actively searching for the next manager to try to get us a World Series. Yeah, absolutely. And that was what um, that, that was what we expected of Joe Madden. But like you were pointing out, um, he was... It, it was pretty much when he became available, he we had to go and get him. And it was right. it wasn't really there wasn't really an active manager search going on. Right. Right. So, you know, these are new circumstances and one to kind of get used to. It's you know, the season's only been over a few weeks, but it kind of feels like it's been a while. You know, you're oh, it you've, does. Gone, you've gone through a round of playoffs and a round of wild card games and. You know, it feels like it's been a while. It's kind of spaced out like that. And you got a long way to go. Uh, the baseball season is still technically going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, I think we just got to be patient, you know, going to this offseason. And, you know, this is the time of year when I think a lot of us start to make our wish lists. Like, mm-hmm. OK, here's a here's a list of free agents that they should go after. Here's a list of guys they should trade. You know, that's the time of year this is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And um they're 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 going to have uh, they're going to have several uh, important decisions uh, regarding uh, players from this past year, uh, whether they want to bring them back or not. Um, one of them being uh, Nicholas Castellanos. Um, I'm not. Uh, I I haven't got a really good feel yet as to whether the team is is going to seriously pursue bringing him back or not. I know he drove up his value tremendously after he yep. was traded to the Cubs. Um, I I did a I did a piece. Um, on uh, Cubby's crib a little while ago, uh, asking the question: If you had to pursue or pick one, uh, would you choose Castellanos or, or Anthony Rendon? And I, I, I lean towards Castellanos because he's two years younger. Um, I think he has a little bit more upside, um, and he probably would be cheaper than because Rendon is going to be the prize free agent this off season. Um, the other thing being that Castellanos has already proven that his game works well at Wrigley Field and that he um, he would fit well uh, into into the team's lineup. But like I said, I'm I'm not I I haven't really got a clear read yet as to how serious the front office is about bringing him back. I don't know if you have or not. You know, it, it's funny because I I don't really have much of a read either. I could see it going either way. I don't think they're saying goodbye, but I don't think they're you know, getting ready to put the pen on the paper. You know what I mean? I think, right. uh, and we also got to keep in mind, 
it is a known fact among many fans who his agent is. We know it's Scott Boris. Right. So we know this process might be a little bit more difficult. Uh, he's had the best year of his career from from a production standpoint. And, I mean, his tenure with the Cubs was more than we could have imagined. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, the, the value is obviously up. That's kind of what I'm 50-50 on, man. I got to tell you, I really don't know if he's coming back or not. And to go what you said off about Anthony Rendon, look, I'd love him and Garrett Cole. I'd mm-hmm. love those two guys. Those are the two biggest free agents. Absolutely. But I don't think they're coming here. No, I don't either. I I don't think, uh, especially with uh, Chris Bryant still on the roster, I don't see them seriously pursuing Rendon. And uh, honestly, I, I think Garrett Cole is going to cost way more than they're willing to invest in a pitcher. Garrett Cole is going to make a disgusting amount of money this offseason. Yeah, especially I mean, the way he's pitching this postseason. He's he's up in his value even more. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I remember a few years ago uh, when he was still on the Pirates and he kind of had um, like a down year. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it was kind of a down year. And I'm thinking, oh, man, is like, is this kind of like him reaching his peak and going over it? No, he's as good as he's been. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not here to start conspiracies or whatever and yada yada. But boy, there's something about these pitchers that go to the Astros. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, it kind of it, it, it hurts to think about how um, back in 2017, the Cubs probably could have had Verlander and it wouldn't have cost them Aloy Jimenez either. Um, but he, you know, he went to Houston and he, cause he was quite frankly, you know, there was talk, um, when he was in Detroit that, uh, he might be done. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. And, and he went to Houston and, and just really kicked it into another gear. And he's still, um, he's, he's still doing it at what, what is he? 38 now, I think. Yeah. He's older and he has an unbelievable amount of miles on his arm. Yeah. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to be elected to the Hall of Fame for sure. I don't think there's any question about that. Well, you know, going back to 2017, when we traded for Jose Quintana, mm-hmm. I was I was actually hoping that that would be the case. Uh, well, maybe not specifically Quintana, but when people brought up Justin Verlander, I thought, nah, this guy's older. He's got a ton of miles on his arm. He's probably past his prime. Uh, you know, that's going to be really risky. But my goodness. Was I and many people wrong? So, yeah, I, yeah, know? I was. I was among those who um, was again. I, I'll admit it. I was a. I was against trading for Verlander just because I didn't think he was going to make much of a difference. He looked like he was done when he was in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had one year where he put up a 4.54 ERA. Mm-hmm. In 2016, he had a 3.04 ERA, which is very good. I mean, it's very good. Mm-hmm. And then in Detroit that year, he had a 3.82 ERA. So I'm like, okay, that's still good, but he's 34. And at the time, you know, let's see if you look at the if you look at the miles on his arm at the time going into that season, he had uh, over 2,000 innings on his arm. A guy who threw hard. And you didn't know how much longer he was going to go. Now here he is with the Astros and. In his career with the Astros, he has an ERA of 245 yeah. and a whip of well under one mm-hmm. in the American League. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, like you said, something about going to the Houston Astros, although that didn't work out for uh, Zach Greinke uh, this uh, this first round of the playoffs, but um, but for Verlander and Cole, for sure, yeah, something something clicked with them when they went to Houston. You're right about that. I mean, just look at this year. Garrett Cole in the regular season, a 250 ERA, a 264 fielding independent pitching. His strikeouts per nine, which is 326, mm-hmm. uh, is how many strikeouts he had, which equates to 13.8 strikeouts per nine innings. Yeah, that's even ridiculous. In, even in this age where strikeouts are going up every year, that's still ridiculous. I mean, to strike out more than 300 batters in an era where 200 innings is a really big deal. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something. Oh, it is for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, you you go back to that manager discussion that we had. You think of Joe Espada. You think, hey, if you hire him, can he bring some of that uh, special sauce they have down there in Houston? <laughs> Our pitchers yeah. could sure use it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know what's really frustrating about watching the Astros and some of these other playoff teams and looking at the Cubs pitching is you look at all these fireballers that these teams have. And while... Traditionally, velocity wasn't always everything. In a day and age where strikeouts and home runs are at an all-time high, I feel like you just have to miss more bats these days. And one of the big problems with the Cubs pitching staff is they don't miss a lot of bats. Yeah, you have you Darvish striking out a lot of guys, but John Lester isn't a big strikeout guy anymore. He's old. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kyle Hendricks relies on soft contact, which he does very well. Mm -hmm. Jose Quintana's not a big strikeout guy, and you know, outside Kimbrell, you look at a lot of those other guys in the bullpen. A lot of them are pitch to contact guys. They don't have somebody who's going to blow gas by you. Yeah, there's a lot of situations. Um, and I, I, I felt like that watching this team this year. There were a lot of situations where uh, the pitcher needed to get a strikeout and yes. they just weren't doing it. And on the opposite end of that, uh, looking at the offense, there was a, there were, it, it, to me, it felt like there were so many times where all they need to do, just put the ball in play. And they weren't able to do it. So it's it's I I feel like it worked both ways this year. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You know, you saw situations where the ball being put in play resulted in runs for the other team, not because, you know, they were hard hit or well placed. It's because of all the misplays by the Cubs defense. So, mm-hmm. you know, more than ever with the shaky defense this year, you you wanted more strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, you like the the defense. Um, you know, you look at um, look at guys like you know Addison Russell. Uh, he really struggled on defense. Uh, David Bodie, I feel like I felt like took took a step backward on defense. Uh, Albert Almora was not good this year. Uh, they had several guys that really regressed on defense this year. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Albert Almora was very noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his um, Almora was uh, his 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 defense. I I think his his uh, if I remember correctly, his uh, defensive wins above replacement was negative one point one. If I remember correctly, yeah, it was um, somewhere around there. Yeah, and um, which for for somebody in, for for somebody that is uh, his value comes uh, Almora's value comes in his ability to play defense and in his ability to make contact, and he wasn't doing yeah. either one this year. No, he wasn't. He really wasn't. And, you know, you saw him in the first half of 2018. He was making great plays in the outfield. He mm-hmm. was making contact, putting the ball in play. And even if the contact wasn't great, he was still making 
decent enough contact. You know, this year you saw a lot of tap outs right to the pitcher or ground balls right to the shortstop or just not running the right routes in the outfield. It was a really, really big regression. Yeah, and he hit he hit twelve home runs, which was a career high. So we, but you know, coming into the season, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, Almora needs to hit for more power, and he did. But pretty much everything else regressed. His uh, on base percentage went down dramatically. Huge, um, yeah, yeah. He he, and he never projected to be a guy that was going to take a ton of walks. But um, you know, he he need it, it, it was it was pretty sad to see see the regression from him this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a really big fan of the guy. I mean, he's a really likable guy, but, um, you know, I know you mentioned earlier how he was a non-tender candidate. And I think Mm -hmm. at this point, you kind of got to cut your losses and find another solution. Yeah, the only thing I'm concerned about is whether they'd be able to find... Um, a, a replacement for him at at a decent uh, at a decent price on the free agent market, but mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I you know uh, looking at Russell, I I think that we can pretty much all agree that Russell's going to be non tendered. I think it'd he be better a big be. surprise. Uh, it'd be a really big surprise if if he is offered a contract. Um, Almora is a little bit more of an interesting case. Um, I I I'd, I'd say it's 50-50 right now regarding whether he'll be offered a contract. Now he'll be up for a pretty big raise um, because of his uh, service time, um, and you know it's he 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 showed a lot of regression this past year. But the question is, is is it too soon to give up on him? And I'm not sure it is. Um, I I they might try to bring him back for one more season and see if he can improve. But um, the signs just didn't look good last year, so I would I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, and I I think, in my opinion, going into this season, I think Theo is really going to put the talent over potential mindset to work. I just think it's bit them in the butt too much the past two years. I mean, 2018, you had a chance to sign Lorenzo Cain, but you believed in Almora, which at the time I can sympathize with, but it didn't end up working out. I think Theo may be willing more this year to be like, you know what, we're not going to wait around. We're going to try to get some established talent in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that'd be a, uh, that, that's not unreasonable to think that. I mean, it's, um, you know, the the fact is that they've pretty much since they won the World Series three years ago, they've regressed pretty much every year since then. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's unreasonable to. Um, you know, they 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 did wait out. Uh, you you look at a guy like uh, Kyle Schwarber. A lot of fans were upset that they were willing to wait him out for so long, but he finally showed uh, some signs of life in the second half this past year. So maybe, um, maybe maybe that's going to work out for them. Maybe that maybe their patience with him will pay off. But um, with some, like you said, with some of the other guys like Russell, I think they're pretty much out of patience with him. Um, Almora for a number of reasons. For a number of reasons, not not just his on-field production, which was bad enough, but uh, for other reasons as well. And uh, Almora, I I think you bring up a good point that uh, maybe they're not going to be as willing to be as patient this year. I, I think, like I said earlier, I think a lot of it's going to depend on um, what is available out there via the uh, via free agency, whether they can. Um, whether you know whether they'll re-sign Castellanos and whether they, there's a fourth outfielder out there that they can pick up at a decent price. Yeah, I, I just pulled up on Spotrick.com, uh, 2020 MLB free agents, and mm-hmm. these are the center fielders specifically. Now, keep in mind, this is just center field. There are other outfielders that are going to be available that you could move around, but here's what you got to work with. Alex Gordon, Starling Marte, 
Juan Ligaris, Jared Dyson, Adam Jones, Rajay Davis, Charlie Tilson, Shane Robinson, Emilio Bonifacio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Starling Marte would be the one guy that would intrigue me because he's still a pretty dang good ball player, but everyone else on this list is old and washed up or just, you know, yeah, they're, they're pretty much all old and washed up. Yeah, and Marte has a uh, has an option, I believe, for twenty twenty eleven and a half million dollars. Yeah, and I think the Pirates are probably going to bring him back, so mm-hmm. you could probably count that out. Well, one name that uh, one name that kind of intrigues me is um, Brett Gardner of the Yankees. Uh, he's he's thirty six years old, uh, coming off one of the best years of his career. Uh, he's listed as a, a left fielder. I'm I'm looking at. Uh, MLB.com's uh, list of free agents, and Brett Gardner's mm-hmm. listed as a left fielder, but he's played plenty of center too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know how interested, how much the Yankees are going to want to bring him back. I believe he's played his whole career with the Yankees. Yes, he has. Um, and uh, if if he becomes available, he's a guy that I would um, I would consider maybe bringing in bringing in on a short term contract to to fill that center field void. It's interesting you bring him up. Um, you know, he, he is older, but you know, last year, 251, 325, 503 slugging. Uh, that's, uh, I believe that was a career high. It looks like it. Uh, 28 homers, 74 RBI, uh, OPS plus of 117. That was a career high. No, it wasn't a career high. It was second highest. His, mm-hmm. Well, it, it was in, in terms of 100-plus games played. The only time it was higher was in a very small 16-game sample size in 2012. The guy is productive. I will say that. Um, you know, I, I don't know how interested Theo would be in a guy like him, but he is at least interesting to bring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... I, I... I, I doubt that the Cubs will be seriously interested in him, but if they are looking for, especially if they cut Almora, mm-hmm. um, I, I think he'd be, I think he's a name that they should take a look at for sure, especially if they're looking for some more veterans for this team. Yeah, established veterans for sure. Um, you know, I'm looking at Alex Gordon. I don't think they're going to go that direction. They probably shouldn't because, you know, he's a lot older mm-hmm. and he's struggled in recent years. But last year, 266 average, an OPS of 741. I'm just kind of surprised. At 13 home runs, 76 RBIs, I'm kind of surprised he did that well, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's a guy that um, kind of had fallen off the face of the earth for a few years. and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, so for him to have a decent year like that, like I said, I I don't think he'd be a fit with the Cubs, but, um, but he's, he's a name that's going to draw some interest for sure. I do see that he has a... Uh, $23 million mutual option. I have a hard time believing that's going to be picked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at, at this point, I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm looking uh, at a few other outfielders. Uh, there's some interesting names on here. Uh, he's got a club option, but, and I think the Angels will probably pick him up, but I've always kind of liked Cole Calhoun. Yeah. Um, yeah, $14 million option. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets picked up, but uh, he'd be a name to look at for sure. Um, another one would be Adam Eaton, although he has a $9.5 million option. So mm-hmm. I, I would think there's a good chance that's going to get picked up too. You know, as annoying Adam Eaton is, 
I kind of would love him on the Cubs because mm-hmm. I kind of want him running rampant and getting under people's skin. I feel like this sounds kind of weird and kind of meatball-y, but I kind of feel like one of the things the Cubs have missed the past few years is just a guy that gets under your skin. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you there. You know, just just kind of thinking out loud there. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they may have to get creative to find and uh, to find some more outfield depth because yeah, you're going to have guys on the market, but again, looking at a lot of them, uh, you know, a number of them play non-center field and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys are older. I mean, Nick Castellanos is probably the most talked about free agent right now when it comes to Cubs targeting because he was on the Cubs. Yeah. Um, but you know, you look at a lot of other guys, they're older, they play different positions. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting. There's there's going to be a lot that's going to go into this. Yeah. Um, what do you? I I, I wrote in a piece. Um, I know that um, one of our fellow writers wrote a piece on um, bringing in Howie Kendrick uh, to potentially play second base. And I I um, I wrote an article uh, the other day that threw out, um, which I I don't think it's something that's going to that has a serious chance of happening. But I threw out. Uh, the name Starlin Castro uh, as a possible uh, as a possible uh, name for uh, the second base job. Um, looking at the uh, looking at the free agents at second base, um, what do you think they do there? Do you, do you think that they try Nico Horner, or do you think they should bring in somebody else to plug that hole for another year or two? I think Nico Horner is going to be a guy they're going to work with in the majors, but I do think it is important to get in a veteran there as well. Because mm-hmm. you need you need someone that you know can solidify the position no matter what. I think Nico Horner right now is the future in that area. But going into the season, it would it would be mind blowing and kind of irresponsible not to at least bring a veteran in there. Yeah, they need to bring in somebody for sure. I don't think and I'll, you know the fans love Nico Horner. Um, he did really well in a very small sample size, but um, the only reason he came up to the club was pretty much out of necessity. So right. um, I, I, I just, I, I don't think that they should go into the season planning on him being the second baseman. I agree with you. That'd be irresponsible to do that. Yeah. And that's not to say he's not going to get playing time next season, but mm-hmm. you know, going into it, unless he completely blows you away in spring, but even so you need to bring in a veteran. And I, mm-hmm. Ben Zobrist hasn't officially declared retirement yet, but I kind of feel like he's going to. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm looking at some of the other guys. I like Jason Kipnis, but I think he's kind of past his best days. He's yeah, not that so. old, but I don't, I don't think Jason Kipnis would really be worth it all that much. I think Howie Kendrick would be probably the best guy for me to go after. Um, unfortunately, he's got a club option, but Wilmer Flores had a nice season last year, but mm-hmm. um, the sample size was a bit smaller with him, and he's got a club option. Uh, Brock Holt is a free agent. That's kind of interesting. You got Estrubal Cabrera. There are options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are there's a lot options. more options. There's a lot more options for second base than there is for the outfield, and that's why. Yes. Um. That that's why I think that um, you know I I think no matter I think they're gonna non-tender Russell no matter what, but I think that um it's gonna be a little bit easier to swallow that one. That that like I mentioned um, with Almora. Um, I, I think the biggest reason why you would hold on to him is just because of the lack of options that are out there. I think there's a lot more of them at second base for sure. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, you, you can you can easily easily upgrade in the infield via free agency. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm upset last year. They had an opportunity to get some cheap minor league deal guys that would have produced more than Addison Russell, Jose Iglesias, for example. The mm-hmm. Reds got him on a minor league deal. I think he would have been a great fit for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they. They, they, they went into the season planning on uh, having Zobrist and Russell available. And, and you know, we, we know what happened with Zobrist and Russell um, had his issues. And when he was in there, he just didn't produce the way that we were hoping for. And it it's too bad because, you know, you, you look back uh, 2016, I believe he had 95 RBIs, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, just had, you know, it, it looked like he had, you know, he had all the promise in the world and, and it just it went south from there, unfortunately. And it's, and it looks like his time with the team is going to come to an end. Yeah. And it should, it really yeah. should. There's, yeah. there's no reason to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one more thing I wanted to talk about that you brought up before this show. And I, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that people have been talking about on Twitter. That's Jose Quintana's club option. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think of that whole situation? I want to hear your thoughts first. Yeah, um, well, I if I, I I wrote an article on this for Covey's Crib, and uh, I I talked about the situation. It's uh, and it's an eleven point five million. I, I think it's eleven point five million dollar option, um, or a uh, or a one million dollar buyout. Um, I I made the prediction in the article that they were going to pick up the option just because um, he he's basically. Um, he's basically an, at this point in his career, he's essentially a number four starter. And, um, it's, you know, this day and age, $11 million for a number four starter is not bad. Um, but I, I, I argued in, in the article that, uh, that they, that they should let him go. I just feel like, um, you know, he was just awful in September, um, and I, I just feel like he's way past his prime. Um, I feel like, um, you know, in, it's, 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 um, you know, there's the issue about, well, they gave up two top prospects for him. And I, I, I wasn't, um, I, I, at the, at the time that they made that trade, you know, I, I know we alluded to that trade earlier in this discussion. Um, I, at the time of that trade, I was, I, I was in favor of the move because, you know, at the time Quintana figured to be a number two starter. Uh, they were giving up two guys that were totally unproven in, in the low minors, and they and they had control of Quintana for an additional three years after that. So I felt like it was I didn't think it was um, a bad I you know a lot of a lot of fans are upset they traded away Eloy Jimenez. Um, I I don't think that it was the wrong move to make. It just simply didn't work out. And mm-hmm. I think it's um, I I made the case in the article that um, it, that it's time to cut their losses because I don't think when when you look at um, when you look at a guy like uh, like uh, Tyler Chatwood, or maybe even an Alec Mills type guy that maybe should get a shot in the rotation, or maybe, um, or maybe looking at somebody to fill in uh, via free agency. Um, I, 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 I personally think they can do better. And you look at um, the, something. I think that they need to shake up their starting rotation a little bit. And you look at Lester. Uh, Darvish and Hendricks, they're all locks to be back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Hamels, we don't know yet. Um, my guess is that he won't be back, but we'll see on that. But I think with Quintana, um, yeah, $11 million for uh, basically a number four guy isn't a horrible deal, but I just, I, I, I feel like they can do better personally. They should try to do better first, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, those are all really good points you made. Um, you know, it, regarding the Quintana trade, 
The one thing I will say is if you actually look at what he did in 2017, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. He was pretty dang good in 2017 with the Cubs. Yeah. His FIP was 3.25. His strikeout rate was as good as it's been. He pitched well in two of his three postseason starts. He came up with some really big starts late in the year. Just since then, it's been it, it's been weird because you've seen some really dang good stretches from the guy, but a number of just disastrous outings, his numbers just look very mediocre. I mean, they don't look bad, but they're very mediocre. And if you didn't give up two prospects who I think are going to be baseball superstars, mm-hmm. frankly, I think Eloy Jimenez is going to be one of the biggest stars in the game. I really do. And mm-hmm. frankly, it kind of hurts sometimes. But if you didn't give up those guys and you just got Quintana via free agency in like a pretty cheap deal, you'd say, yeah, he was fine, whatever. You'd kind of view him as like a John Lackey. It's like John Lackey's final year as a Cub. Basically, he pitched like a four or five guy. And it's like, well, it wasn't always pretty, but, you know, it was whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just it's what you gave up for him escalates things a lot. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that that's part of what makes it hurt so bad is, uh, you know, it, you know, economists call it sunk cost, you know, things that, you know, you that you've al- they've already given up the two prospects. They can't undo it now. Um, I, I think it's time for them to just cut their losses on that. But um, I, I like but I, I think that given the economic landscape of the game right now, I, I think they will pick up the option, though. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, you know, looking at the rotation going forward with what we know what we're going to have let's let's face it john lester is going to basically be a five starter next year yeah that's the way i see it yeah but i don't think that um i i i still think that it was the right thing to sign him you know it still was um you know the, the fact they got a world series with him he had oh, the contract was 100 percent worth it i yeah. will never oh, take yeah. it away yeah yeah but at the same time um, you kind of knew that this day was coming. And, oh, of course. Um, so, um, yeah, I, it's it's kind of sad, but um, yeah, I, I agree with you. They kind of have to plan uh, as if he's going to be basically a four or five guy next year. Yeah, we knew when the Cubs signed that deal, we were getting the first few years of that. We knew that the back end wasn't going to be as pretty, but mm-hmm. the back end doesn't take anything away. It's still like the best free agent signing in Cubs history. You could put Andre Dawson in that discussion, but when it comes to showing that the fans in the world that they were ready to win and then eventually winning the World Series, I mean, he's the most important free agent that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, it was it was that combined with the Joe Madden move. Those were kind of the two moves that showed, yeah, we're ready to take that big leap forward, and they did. That that off season before 2015 was so great. I was actually thinking about that driving home from work today. I was thinking about when we got Joe Madden. I was thinking about when we signed John Lester, when we traded for Miguel Montero and mm-hmm. Dexter Fowler. That all came before that 2015 season. You look back and you're like, that was a really a year where there were no bad moves made by the front office. Yeah, and they brought in David Ross that year as well. Yes, they did. Because yeah. when they signed Lester, they brought in David Ross. Mm-hmm. So you got Ross, Montero, Lester, Fowler, Joe Madden. Um, and then you knew that Chris Bryant was going to be coming up. You mm-hmm. knew that uh, you were still working with Baez, but he had a taste of the show. I mean, that was a really flawless offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it paid off right away. They won 97 games that year, so it paid off immediately. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. 
you know, it's 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 going to be an interesting offseason. It's going to be a pretty bumpy ride, I think, because it's there, there's a lot there's going to be a lot of unpredictability with this. You know, it's probably one of, it's probably going to be one of the most unpredictable offseasons we've had in a while. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people are, you know, you're seeing these articles online, well, maybe they'll trade Bryant, maybe they'll trade Baez, maybe they'll trade Contreras, you know, and I I I don't think this is a situation where they have to blow it up and start over again. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, if, if they can, if they can find, a, I, I think if they can find a way to re-sign Castellanos, um, find somebody decent, find maybe a, a nice vet, a veteran to play second and center field, they don't have to break the bank on that. Um, I, I think if, you know, if, if they are looking at uh, guys like uh, Kinsler, Ciszek and Stroper, all free agents in the bullpen, if they can bring at least one or two of those guys back, um, I, I, I don't think, I, I, I think that they need to make some tweaks to the roster, but you know, that this is a team, they, they had won over 90 games four straight years. They won, um, they won 84 games this year. I, I don't think it's a situation where they have to totally blow it up and start over. Right. Yeah. And they're not going to do that with the TV deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just it wouldn't be a good business move on their part. So they're right. they're going to try to win, and I think that's the right move. I think if you find yourself next year in a situation where you haven't improved or you got worse, then I think we're we're talking about blowing it up. But I'm not there yet. Yeah, and I I think uh, the the biggest I, I I think the biggest wild card going into this next season is going to be Craig Kimbrell. Um, I, 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 they, you know, if you, you look back at, uh, after they brought him in this year, um, if, if Kimbrell had been what we were expecting, they probably would have won at least four or five more games. Sure. Um, so if, if he can, if he can return to form and solidify that bullpen, I think that that's the, I, I think that that's the biggest wild card in, in how far the team is going to go next year. Yeah. You know, I'm right there with you and, um, yeah, that's, uh, all stuff I'm with you. I agree with it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I can. One thing I could add to it is how are we going to see Kimbrel respond with a full regular off season? You know, he yeah. didn't have that. Yeah, and I and you know, it it, it sounds to me like um, you know they've admitted that you know that 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 was an issue for for him this year. Uh, the the guy is. Um, you know, with 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 a couple more really great seasons, he could be a Hall of Fame candidate. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy has the guy has proven that he can get the job done late in games. But uh, this year, he he gave up. Uh, you know, he gave up a lot of home runs. Uh, he just he he did not look like he was ready at all. No, he wasn't. I mean, the velocity wasn't always there. And there's a there's a huge difference between facing live batters and just pitching a simulation to a a catcher. That's a huge difference. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. Yep. Well, I would love to keep talking, but we are just about out of time on Climbing the Ivy. Brian, it was a real pleasure having you on. We're going to have to have you on again. This was a lot of fun. I thought we had a lot of great conversations tonight. Uh, thank you again for coming on. Uh, everyone, be sure to check out Brian's work and everybody else's work at Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. You could check out this podcast on iTunes.com or you could check it out on Twitter. It's always posted there by me and the Cubby's Crib official Twitter handle. So check out all their content. Until next time, he's Brian. I'm Alex. Have a great night.